Okay, so welcome and good morning, good afternoon and good evening and high holy days and all of these good things. We're entering a beautiful period right now. So if we could begin with, uh, um, well, let's make sure I got the recording co-host, talked about the podcast, da, 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 da. and uh, of course, to thank all of you to see you each week. It's such an encouragement. It's your support is so encouraging to say something's going on here that's important. Thank you. And so being there, is, I, I really appreciate that so much. So uh, Aisha, if you could lead us for the with the Fatiha. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Thank you. All right, so let me do a few last minute. Um, <clears throat> so this this is going to be when I began working on this, I, I didn't know quite which direction anything was going to go. And so and one of the first thing I came across, Ibn Arabi saying, go with the first thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> and the first is always the best. So every time for the next days, every time I said, let's just throw that away and start something else. I said, well, I was told to go with what came first. So up until yesterday afternoon, I had no idea how these passages were put together. And so then it, it dawned upon me that uh, from based on a dream that I had uh, a few Saturdays ago, I could understand why these passages are put together. So let's take that here. Uh, one last co-host. Here we go. All right. So let's, uh, let's dive right in. Let me share this screen. Okay. And I only came up with, could find the title, you know, this morning, and the title is Bringing Into Harmony. So this verb of bringing into harmony. So let's have a look at that. So the dream was this thing in the middle there, uh, you know, whatever, whatever that is. Um, and, I and I saw that very clearly, and my friend was on the left and also inside, so in both places. And something was happening, it was, you know, and it, it was only that when I went back to half sleep, half awake, that I began to think, well, I've got to remember this dream and say what it is. So I have to record it somehow. So I went back into the dream, ready to record it. And as I went back into it, it said, well, this is so obvious. This is a mechanism you've seen many, many times. It's so very clear. It's so very obvious. And then I came back into half awake. And at the half awake, I said, well, I guess it's very obvious, but I really need to have something solid to hold on to so that I can explain what this dream is, what it shows. So I went back into the dream. <laughs> and as I went back into the dream, I said, well, you see, it is obvious. This is the womb and this is the grave 
and this is the bridge that goes to the gate of the garden. And it's fluctuating and transforming and moving and shivering and quivering. And so I said, well, that will help me a little bit. And, said, but, and then if you really want to know the mechanism, it's the second verb form of the Arabic verb. So, so you take a word like wafaka, which means to bring into harmony, to bring into harmony. And then tawfiq is the noun of that verb, brought into harmony, into harmony. And I could see that this wasn't A, B, C. It didn't go sequentially. And I could also see that it wasn't so much in time, it was either timeless or out of time, but that it was this process of harmonizing, bringing into harmony, and then becoming successful, becoming harmonized. And this is the Prophet Hood saying, Wama tawfiqi illa billah. <clears throat> my tawfiq, my sakur, my success, my harmon harmony is only by Allah. And then to help us, this is so, this me mechanism then is, I say, this is the mechanism that you've got to remember when you wake up. Because you see it and it's so obvious, but when you wake up, it won't be obvious anymore. So I brought that back into this waking stage of second form of the Arabic verb. And Klaus, if you read that for us, this is 150 years old, this grammar here. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. For Die zweite Form wird aus der ersten durch Verdoppelung des zweiten Radikals gebildet. Mit der Form stimmt die Bedeutung hinsichtlich ihrer Intensivität oder Extensivität überein. Ursprünglich bezeichnet nämlich diese Form entweder eine Handlung, die mit großer Kraft, intensiv oder eine längere Zeit hindurch, temporell, extensiv oder wiederholt oder häufig, iterativ oder frequentativ oder endlich eine die an mehreren geschieht, numerisch, extensiv. Zum Beispiel schlagen, heftig, häufig, lange, mehrere schlagen. You are muted, tribe. You're on mute. Sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, let's. Okay. How how are we now? That it's okay now. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Good. Sorry. Uh, so this second verb form. So it's out of time because it's something that happens uh, extensively all the time, 
and it's it's something that's intensive it's something that's done and so take this second form which takes wafaka to tawfiq and then let's take that into this next slide where we have this um tawhid so tawhid is that noun that comes from wahada so to bring into oneness is tawhid to bring into oneness is tawhid the same way to bring into harmony is tawfiq and so this bringing into oneness because ibn arabi says you know how do we do that what a silly thing to think that we bring into oneness if i say oh god you're one that's saying i'm one and you're also one so that's just not going to work but god can declare himself one and can make himself one so this tawhid is something that happens and it's hap- something that happens not just a b c it happens timelessly but also outside of time and also intensively and also extensively uh so omar if you'll read read it for us this this is the 23rd tawhid that ibn arabi is looking at bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim wa huwa allahu la ilaha illa huwa lahu alhamdu fi al-ula wal-akhira wa lahu al-hukm wa ilayhi tarja'un turja'un sadaqallahu al-azim translation who is allah there is no god but who his is the praise in the first and the last and his is the decree and to him you return thank you yes yeah, so this uh this i'm sorry i've got to get this this thing moved away a little bit oh okay, here we go so this tawhid of preference and choosing so this process of of making harmony bringing into harmony and making tawfiq uh, is this process this mechanism and then this process of tawhid bringing into oneness is something of preference and choosing and so the act of preferring and choosing is the divine method or mechanism for bringing things into oneness so this is a tawhid of preference and choosing and it is from a tawhid of the who as the universe is words of god the correlating of these words to the supremely compassionate based breath emerging from him is a single correlation this evidence gives the fact that in the universe no one is made unequal and excellent and no one is chosen to exceed another from god's side now this is very interesting from god's side the oneness is already brought into oneness the only question is from our side how are these things brought into oneness but we see the matter in a way other than this process in being universally so in created being he says we have honored the children of adam and we have carried them across land and sea and we have nourished them with sustenance good and pure and we have given them excellence superior to many of those we have created with an excellent superiority so this is the process of bringing them into oneness and he said these messengers have we made superior some of them over others and he said we have made superior some of them like date palms over others to eat despite they're all being brought a single water so watered as saki brings the water with one water so tuska is the same word as is saki 
And then here in New Mexico, we have asakea, as, asakea, asakea, which is the bringing of the water. So as Saki brings the water, watered with one water. So this is how the watered with one water brings the process of bringing into oneness on this side. Okay. And so this dream uh, that we'll be looking at here, Ibn Arabi is having a dream in which he sees a mechanism and that this mechanism keeps producing poetry for him. So he'll say, I saw while making notes for this Tawhid, this 23rd Tawhid, which provides for comparative excellence, a strange event. I was given a parchment unfolded and unsealed. Its width as given by the site was not more than 20 arm spans. And as for its length, I could not judge it. It had this shape as drawn in the margin. So right there in the middle, that's the shape that he's drawing. It was a single skin, a sheepskin, Looking at you saw white when you were reciting, and looking at it not when you were reciting, you saw green. So it's white, green, white, green, depending on recitation. When you recited it, you saw a skin, and when you were not reciting, you saw a half piece of fabric, so a bolt of fabric. I could not tell if it was silk or cotton. It was the dowry of my wife. I was told this is a divine dowry for your wife. I did not ask the voice about the spouse, about my wife, because I did not know that she had left the preservation of marriage and now was ready to be remarried to me. So the reason he has a dowry for her is that somehow she had left the preservation of the marriage and was coming back and they were going to remarry. So I was delighted with this matter, happy with the greatest joy. Then there came to me a long bolt of green silk sent out from the book as if she were produced inside the book. In them, 1,000 dinar, of solid gold, each dinar weighing, I could not tell how much weight, said was divided among her family, five dinars to each person. So five, very important here. So the first one I took out, five dinars, had on it a radiating light, more tremendous than the illumination of the stars in the sky having rays. I saw the book himself, and he was exactly my wife, her book, not other than her. And I, in my whole body, was lying flushed, <clears throat> leaning in. I was looking at the drawn writing of that book, and I found it to be the handwriting of Zainuddin Abdullah, the son of the teacher Abdul Rahman, Nodidim Laustad, the judge of Halab in Syria. It was written from the dictation of the great judge Bahadin bin Shaddad. And the dowry from the first to the last of it was rhyming phrases with a single rhyming unit based on the final rhyming letters R, voice Ra, and Ha, Ra. I retained the Ra after the Basmala. So all praise belongs to God who made his Quran and his criterion and his Torah and his Anjil and his Zabur, Zabura Ha, Hu, so Zabura, and so it comes that way. Um, and then making inscriptions in this hidden book and his written lines. So all of these verses are ending with ra, so ra, hu, so ra. And so it was this way with this ra rhyming pattern until its last, if it had a last, in handwriting like strewn pearls. Okay, and let me do this next just a second. Um, okay, good. And so, uh, and here, if we could, I'll read this, this 
here. So this is the continuing. So then he, when he comes to his senses, so when he's back into awakeness and has to go back and look at the dream and tell you what the dream is, he says, when I returned to my senses and I found myself having written this section as part of the sections on Tawhid, and look, the Tawhid of preferred is here. I knew that this was exactly this section and that my wife, based on this section, had a most abundant allotment and a most tremendous share. When I saw comparative excellence and preference occurring in the universe up to the remembrance of the, of the divine set by revelation, as we cited, I knew there's still another intelligible matter, not exactly the breath, but not other than the breath either, in which the words receive their origination. So he's getting into the mechanism of the breath, which is not quite the breath, and the letters, which are not just the words, and how they come out in meaning. So they are then exactly the will, so as in mashallah or inshallah, from her this comparative excellence emerges visibly in the one and the comparative excellence in the uniform. The one is not described with comparative excellence and the uniform is not characterized by comparative excellence. Therefore, we know that the secret of God is unknowable, not knowing it except who. So we don't make things one. We don't do tawhid. We find the secret to be a tawhid of preference in the presence of the secret. No God but who, to who belongs the praise in the first, and this is the summed phrase, so all the praising coming together, and the last, and this is the separate parts praise. So separation, putting things apart, and then the summation. The praising sites are distinguished in the single entity, so her praise is exactly her entity. No station is more wondrous than this Tawheed for the one who witnesses it. Okay. And then uh, if we could have uh, Marta read this second column. I wondered at the name of my wife in the event. Her name is Mariam, and the meaning of this name is well known in the language in which she is so called. She is Muhara, someone freed, also Tahul, separated from separated by excellence belonging to god i dedicate to you what is in my womb to be a muhara bearing a spirit of god a sight for the world of god madmiun earth turned over twice for germination flush against the word of god cleared by the testimony of the fruit that fell when her shook the trunk of the dry date palm. A voice called to her from below the palm tree, do not grieve, your cherisher has made you a flowing rivulet beneath you and shake toward you the trunk of the date palm. She will let fall to you a moist date. And her son articulated in the crib that he was a slave of God. And the two, Jesus and the date palm, were fair witnesses before God. All of this was by God, from God. And this is why Zechariah, prophet of God, wished for God to bless him with someone like her. So he gave him Yahya, John the, John the Baptist, fenced in from sex like her, and on none by that name did he confer distinction before among the other prof among the prophets of God. 
Thus, he singled him out with being the first of God's names. So then look at the blessing of this name in the being, in the being of God among the slaves of God. This comes only from the preference of God and your cherisher creates what he wills and prefers. They have no choice. No, the preference and choosing belongs to God and God is the doer of what he desires. Thank you. So they have no choice in the matter. So we do not bring something into oneness, but Allah brings into oneness and Allah is the doer of what he desires. So this is this putting apart. And so Betul is the one that's put apart, separated by excellence, for excellence, as a way of bringing to, uh, bringing to oneness. And we'll look now at this word Zahra also. We'll have the Ilahi in a second. So Zahra uh, comes up many times in the tradition. And one of them is that Muhammad Sallallahu bequeathed to Abu Qudada the vessel from which he performed ablution and said to him, take care of this and do not lose it, but be mindful of it. Let your faith become Zahra, shining by means of it. Okay, so Baki, if you could sing the Ilahi. Fatima Zahra Ilhumin daughter Rasulallah Mother Shining bright Ovali You appear to us in the mirror of the full moon of heart, thing is heart, unveiling your holy tomb. Ah, Jenebaki, ah, the full moon on earth, made in a light, over to yourself the beauty and mercy shine for Father Twelve, bears of light and broken stream of divine wisdom from the fountain of Rasul. Oh, lovers, come to the secret Khalifa, daughter of Mustafa. Ah, 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 come to the mother of noble Isa, spirit of Allah. Maria, the virgin mother who brings forth the living word of our love. Ah, by the dark palm tree, in complete accord with the will of our love. I do not lie, oh mother, may we participate in your purity and your love. Blessed Maria and Unlight and Fatima, your intercession as a mystic from pleases is Thank you. Yeah, the complete accord. Beautiful. And that's 
So that's this being separated for excellence as a way of bringing into oneness and then bringing into harmony. So if the singular human beings fully receive the knowledge of these matters and they enter the eight bathed gardens and they see the clear dune and they see with their own eyes the steps on the ladder of the people during the vision and they distinguish the people's step levels and enlightening places on the ladder and they observe the gardens coming into being for them and the foliating rays extending a hand to them from the orbits of the zodiac. Then they know that God has mysteries in his creation and he desires them to recognize their traces. They rise by themselves to this orbit and they circle them with a single revolution for each zodiac until they complete 12 revolutions. And they observe by their abiding in every orbit whatever effect is provided to the gardens of blessing and to Jahannam, the hellfire, and to the abode of this world and to the zodiac and to the day of arising for judgment and to the states of existent beings based on happenstance in the universe. And they observe the special ones in the virtual body of a human being and his spirit and the reproduced beings. So perhaps we shall gesture to something of these mysteries scattered throughout this book about the alighting places there, if God so wills. So when you get these long sentences, you know something's going on with the Ipanarabi. So these uh, long sentences, many lines when the, of the if and the then. Um, and this, these singular human beings, singular, so they are ones who are being brought into oneness, they observe the entire realm of the gardens of blessing to the sister Jahannam, the hellfire, to the abode of this world, and then everything that happens by, you know, just like that in the universe. And then they see the special ones, and these are also letters and angels in the virtual body of a human being. Okay. So this is something about how he's, he's begins to see, he's helping us see these letters, which are so obvious when you see them, but then when you step back, it's saying, what exactly did I just see? So the entirety of the divine name singled out for this human being who's rising on, the, on these ladders and watching the people rise on ladders, who is described by this adjective by means of which these known alighting places would calculate descend, they are as follows. So calculate the idea of the stones. And this is the way, this is the imagery of the shepherd who is the, the, the kid, the shepherd kid, the boy or girl, who takes a stone, a pebble for each sheep. So every time the sheep leave the gate, they put a pebble on this side and another pebble and another pebble. And when the sheep are coming back, you take that pebble and put it on this side and this side and this side until you have gotten the total count. So, and the tasbih is the same way. The tasbih is the, is the beads which are put on one side. So you put the beads on one side, one after the other, until you come around to the end, to the circle, and then you can say all of these have been accounted for. So you never know that you're, that's the 37th sheep or that's the 56th la ilahi la All you know is that each of these pebbles or beads have been put to one side. Um, so Aisha, if you could read uh, the names of these 28 in, in English, it'd be fine. Okay. The elevating of degree, the all combining, the subtle, the powerful, the abaser, sustainer, 
inaccessible, giver of death, giver of life, living, constrictor, clarifier, comprehending all in knowledge, imaging, light, coercive, all-knowing, cherisher, measuring out, richly independent, intensely thankful, all-encompassing, wisely apportioning, outward, inward, dispatching, creating with no template. So this is the, the pebbles, the 28 pebbles, which would be pushed uh, along the tasbih. They're also then the 28 letters. And these are the 28 letters which are coming out uh, through from the, from the heart or chest to through the lips. And you can see that the, the heart, the, the first heart letter from the, the, from, the, from the heart and the chest is the ha. And then the last letter which comes out from the face is from the lips is the wa. So that's where we have hu, ha, wa, hu. And the hu then is the entire process through of generation of these, of the breath into sound and into meaning. Um, okay. Glass, uh, would you read us the, each of these names? Each of these names, do you hear me? Each of these names has a spirit being angel who guards the name and stands him up. And they guard for them images in the human base breath called letters in the exit places of the mouth upon articulation and in the line when being drawn and written. The image of the letters differ in the book page, but they do not differ in the edited marks. These angels are called spirit beings in the world of spirits, having the names of these letters. So let us cite them according to the order of the exit places of the mouth until you are familiar with their Yeah, with the arrangement, I think that the arrangement okay. got cut off there. Good, thank you. Yeah, so these, so it's it's so helpful. He wants us to become familiar with these things, and it, it I guess we could eventually see that we could become familiar with them. Uh, the first of them is the angel of the ha and the hamsa, and the angel of the unpointed ein, and then and the angel of the kaf, and he is a great angel. I saw someone who met with him, so. This is how Ibn Arabi sees letters and he sees the angels who are who they are. And so the letters don't work by their form, they work by their angel, the angel that is driving them and doing them. And so, but all of these sounds that come out are all different and none, no two are the same. So I don't reproduce the same sound twice and I don't reproduce the same sound you produce. The only thing that's not different is that the lam is drawn this way and there's a dot on the dot and there's two dots on the top. That's the only thing that's not different, but the pronunciation and the handwriting is always different. 
So these angels then are the spirit of these letters. And these letters are the virtual bodies of these angels when spoken and when written and whatever pen it may be. So whatever handwriting it is, it's the angel coming out in a different form. By means of these spirits, the letters work not by themselves, meaning not by their forms perceived by the sense of hearing or the sense of sight, looking at what is imaged in the imagination. So when you think about the sud or the S or the T or the U, it's not, they don't work because they're a U, it, they work because of the angel which is in there making them work. And you can imagine in your head what it looks like, but that's not the way it really works. It's the angel inside. So do not think that the letters work by means of their forms. No, they work by means of their spirits. And each letter has a celebration, a tasbih, and a magnification, and Allah ilaha illallah, and Allahu Akbar, and Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. By all of this, this letter declares his creator tremendous and his sight of visible emergence tremendous. And his spirit being never leaves him. These angels are called by these names in the heavens, and every one of these letter angels has conveyed valuable meaning to me. So this is the special, something that's special that for Ibn Arabi, that they, each letter angel has conveyed valuable meaning to him. So bringing into oneness, bringing into harmony, God has divided his creation into wretched and felicitous. And he made the permanent settlement of his creatures to be in two abodes, the abode of Jahannam, which is a sister of Jannat, and she is an abode for the wretched ones, and the abode of the gardens, and she is the abode for all the felicitous ones. The wretched are called wretched because they sustain themselves with what troubles and oppresses them. And that is opposing, that is opposing the messenger of God in Al-Tawbah. And these others are called felicitous because they sustain themselves with what is easy on them. And this, and they are stood up and established in what is easy on them. And that is aiding the performance of divine command and becoming harmonious. So if you are with God, according to the desire of God for you and his creation, nothing troubles or oppresses you, nothing coming to pass in the world. The story is told that Rabia struck her head against a wall post and she bled, but she paid no attention to it. She was asked about that and she said, oh, my preoccupation with being harmonious with what he desires should transpire distracts me from feeling what you are seeing, whoever saw that moment. So what came to pass did not trouble or oppress her. If it did trouble her, she would have been tormented in herself based on herself. You see, the wretched have no torment except from themselves. Indeed, they sustain themselves in the station of objection and ta'lil. Ta'lil is thinking over and over, what was the cause of this? What happened? Uh, why did this thing happen? The ta'lil, for God's action concerning his creature. And they are sustaining themselves with questions like, why are things like this? And if only things were this way, it would be so nice and so much better. They are fighting against the Lord basis, the Rabubiya. And they are being difficult and adversarial to God and his messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Thus their wretchedness is their adversarial splintering. So their shaqa'uhum is their shaqa'uhum, 
So that's how Ibn Arabi is bringing these together. Their wretchedness is their adversarial splintering. And this is the abode of the wretched by their entering into this splintered state, splintered state. But if the time to the end prolongs over them, the state changes. You see, the length of time has a rule. God says, but a lengthy time passed over them and their hearts hardened. So then when the long time passes over the wretched, and they know that this is not helping them any, they say, then being harmonious is best. Their images change. And what affected that change was the property of length, the long time. So their being troublesome sights vanishes. So the torment is lifted off of them from their insides, and they find a restful ease in their abode in Jahannam, the sister of Jannat. And they find in that abode a pleasure that only God knows. You see, they have chosen what God chose for them, and they know when they realize this, that their torment was coming only from themselves. They praise God for every state, and on the heels of their praise for every state comes their praising God, the one who blesses abundantly and gives generously. So these are the two ways we say Alhamdulillah. We say Alhamdulillah for everything, meaning when something we like and something we don't like, we say Alhamdulillah. And when something we like and we're thankful for it, we say Alhamdulillah, the one who gives abundantly. Uh, and this is another form, this hula hu was another form that moved in his vision. And now if we have Nora could sing this last one, and this will put it all together. <laughs> Radiant and pure, enlightened messengers, love streaming from truth's mystic fountain, Isa and Mustafa, light of prophecy, you are the core of Allah's Quran. Jesus is my heart, Mohammed my soul, Ali my mystic guide, Yahidar, may blessing and peace be upon them forever and upon their lovers throughout time. Spirit of Allah, shining from the virgin love, speaking from truth's mystic cradle. Allah, bringing forth dead hearts from the dark tomb of mere convention. Jesus is my heart, Mohammed my soul, Ali my mystic guide, Yahidar, Mecca, Medina, and Jerusalem, join to reveal the secret of the one. 
sublime messiah bearing your true gospel love guiding souls on their mystic return isa and mustafa divine peace be with you your mystery the path of unity jesus is my heart mohammed my soul ali my mystic guide ya haidar gospel and quran and the tent of abraham join to reveal the secret of the one voice of prophecy proclaiming unity truth always dissolves pharaoh's tyranny musa and mustafa bearers of true law you both ascend the mountain and return jesus is my heart mohammed my soul with noble moses i stand at the throne of the holy king may allah's great love embrace them through eternity merging all our souls into one community merging all our souls into one community thank you so that's that merging our souls into one community so and see it was the same way i felt yesterday it's so obvious when you see it <laughs> so when i finally saw it it became so obvious but there it is it's that merging our souls into one community joining to bring this oneness and to do this bring this harmony so thank you Nora, for that song. okay uh i i think we saw a, a hand up a tasneem fernandez is that are you there mm -hmm. Excuse me, that was my mistake. Stop the love. Okay, no problem. It's good to see you. We haven't seen each other for years now, so it's wonderful to see you this way. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That was beautiful, Lahi. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Aisha, got Yeah, um, can I ask? question about when you were talking about where the letters come from and you were saying that the ha comes from deep within and then the wa is the last one um the name hawa came to my mind and i don't know if there's a link with that yeah yeah the well hawa as the the hard ha and then the soft ha hawa or hawan is the hawan is a is a kind of love which sinks and so it's a sinking kind of love and it's the one that sinks deep into the chest and so the sinking deep into the chest is hawan and then that of course can come out as then the who and then so the the 
what what Ibn Arabi is telling us here is that everyone's handwriting is different, everyone's sounds are different, and if he were in a different language, he would see the angels in different letters also, but he sees them in these 28 letters, and that all sounds that we produce from the chest to the lips are universal, and so we are one community in the, in the letters that we, we speak, and so, um, and so where these letters come from, where they, where they sit, that's all, the, that's all the diversity of the one. So the one, which starts out here, comes out and then spreads out into diversity. And then it's the divine action to bring these letters back into oneness. So Shuei uh, Nadsri asks, so when we say Alhamdulillah, it is Allah who praises himself and we are only his medium, question mark? Yes, that's right, that's right. Because only Allah can declare something one, tawhid, and only Allah can praise because there's no, no one who can praise because you have to be outside to praise something. And so it is the praise of the praise. And that's why we look at that. We love all of these statements in, our, in the path of the love of love uh, the praise of praise. So these are, this is how, how this all works. Ibn Arabi says in one of his poems, he says, you know, Allah, you told me to do something, um, but if I do it, it's because you gave me the strength to do it. And if I, and, I, and so who is doing it but you? And he goes back to the Quranic verse that you did not throw when you threw, but Allah threw. And so this is the, the three part. Uh, so we are not, but then we are, but then we're not also. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it is and it isn't. Uh, but, and so Ibn Arabi says it's, it becomes at that situation, he calls it a mulkul mulk, the possession of the possessions. <laughs> and so, because when we say, this is an imperative, guide us to the straight path, to the even path. And so this is an imperative. So we call it a dua for politeness, but it's an imperative. And so we demand. And uh, so, and then we demand, and then we are given in return. And so this covenant is a two-way thing. The covenant, it goes both ways. And so this is the final argument. The hujat al-baligra, the final conclusive demonstrative argument is that Allah says, did I not put myself in a covenant with you for every covenant you have to do, I put myself in a covenant to do. So that you, I said, if you do this, I will do this. And you said, if I do that, you will do that. And that is our covenant. And so Allah has, would never break that covenant. So his is the last argument that every covenant entered into by us is parallel to a covenant entered into by Allah. Okay. I, I can't raise my hand because I am a co-host. So, <laughs> oh no, I didn't know that. Okay, oh my God. Co-hosts can't can't raise hands. I didn't know that. On, okay. It's all right. On on um, on uh, on Alhamdulillah. Uh, I always felt that Alhamdulillah is the reverse mirror image of La ilaha illallah. One is seen from the second La ilaha illallah is is if you like, is seen from the uh, inside out or from up down. Alhamdulillah is seen from the outside in or from down up. But it's exactly the same one. It depends where you look. 
So. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful the mirror images. Yeah, of that. So la ilaha illallah and the mirror image alhamdulillah. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. So we have two questions. Um, every all verb necessarily has the component of time in it. So how does Ibn Arabi say form two wahada is outside time? That's the first question. Okay. Yeah. This. Uh, yeah. Ibn Arabi goes to. He looks at the idea of tense in Arabic, and so uh, the form of the perfect is the one that has no tense. It's outside of time. And so when you say "Kana Allah," God was. Well, it's not God was. It's God is, was, and always will be. So when you say "Kana Allah al-Ghafur," that God was the forgiving that sounds like oh he was forgiving but not anymore <laughs> so it's uh so this the kana is there for the perfect tense it's the it's all that has been all that will be and all that is so in the mist uh god is has always been and always will be and there was nothing with who well and there was nothing with who and so this is why you may have noticed that every time I translate the I am a treasure which is concealed, it's that I have been, I am, and I will be a treasure that's concealed because it must be concealed. It cannot be shown or won't be there anymore. The way that the who that comes from inside the chest, the moment it leaves the mouth, it no longer is the who that was unseen inside the chest. Okay. So can we please hear more about the vision on the dune and seeing angels, special ones in human bodies? Yeah, this, uh, when I was first reading this, uh, the, the passage where Ibn Arabi talks about the people coming back from the dune. So the dune is when we go and we have a vision of the divine. We have a division of Allah and the vision of the who. And so this vision, uh, is so is is uh, it's a radiating vision, and so therefore it etches and and scratches and impresses our body. So it's like our bodies are film, the old style film, and the light exposes the film. And so everyone coming down from the vi from the vision will have exposed on their body this uh, picture of what they saw, the photo of what they saw, photographs written light, photo light graph writing. And so there'll be some of those who are coming down from that dune vision and each group will look at them and say, hey, he's one of us, how are you doing? And the next group will say, hey, he's one of us, how are you doing? Because he sees God the same way we see God. And the next one will say, he sees God the same way we've always seen God. He sees God the same we've always seen God. And I saw that's, you know, the person that, that exemplifies this has got to be Sheikh Nur because he, he loves all of these sacred tradition. And everyone in the sacred tradition says, oh, this Lex Hicks and this Sheikh Nur, he's talking about my sacred tradition because he loved all of them and he could see the beauty in all of them. And so we're all, we look at someone like that and we say, oh, you're one of us because you see it just the way do, we do. And the next one say, oh, you're one of us because you see it just the way we do. So Ibn Arabi said, these are the most wonderful people in the other world and in this world, because each group can say, you see God the way I see God. So. Assalamu alaikum. If you mind answering a little off topic, 
Huh? My question is related to Futuwa and Haya. It doesn't seem like any difference between them. Both of them are like putting others before us. Allah made us our own sake, but he says in Quran, he made jinn and insan for his worship to prevent us being indebted. If you can please explain the difference, if it's okay. Yeah, so, so futua is, the, is what we say chivalry in English, and this is uh, being good to everyone. And Ibn Arabi says that's ultimately impossible <laughs> because if you're good to this person, the other person says, oh, he's bad to me. And if you're good to this person, the other person complains that you've been bad to him. And so Futuwa, he says, ultimately is impossible. And that's why the question of who can be a friend, um, and that's why in a sense that the Prophet ﷺ, when he said, I don't have a friend. If I had a friend, it would be Abu Bakr. And that's because a friend is someone you follow their deen, their religion or their way. And so, uh, and so the prophet is not allowed to follow anyone's way, but the way of his beloved. And then haya is this, it's self-effacement in one way, but also when Allah says that he has haya and doesn't have haya. So sometimes he has haya and sometimes he doesn't have haya. Um, but what we're, we're looking at, I think the question behind that question, Ibn Arabi talks about why we, why the canonical sources will have from the Quran that I created the ins and the jinn to worship only me and only to worship me. But then you have in the non-canonical tradition, uh, the, uh, all of these hadith like, I am a treasure which is concealed, but I love to be recognized. And Ibn Arabi says the reason we have that is because that if someone who is not, uh, is not, has not proper adab, doesn't have proper courtesy, that person will hear, I am a treasure concealed and I love to be recognized. And that person will say, oh, God is asking for love. And it's, very, it's not a good position to say, to be in a position that I'm asking for love. So therefore, God nixes all of that, says, none of that. I created you only to worship me. That's the only reason you're here is to worship me. And those people who can hear say, oh, behind that they hear, God loves to be loved. And so just the way we love to be loved, God loves to be loved. And so this is, that brings out the lover and the beloved. So that's why we have it. And so the futua and the haya and the adab is to not tell people that God really likes to be loved. So, so it's just a private among ourselves. So. <laughs> when we pronounce the alphabet, for example, lam, where is the angel? Is it in the, the breath, the sound, or the final meaning? So the, the letter uh, has, has governance and work and function. But the function is not based on the letter, it's based on the angel. So uh, that's why letters have tremendous morphology. They change their shapes and they change their sounds when they're close to other letters. So because the letters change their shape and their sounds when they're close to other letters, then we know that the real worker or functioner of the letter is the angel that's inside. And it's, it is the breath and it's not quite the breath. So, that's, so it is the breath of Rahman, the nafas of Rahman, um, but there's also, it's also something, there's also something different as well. Okay. I, I have another question, if, yes, if there is time. Um, you mentioned um, the, uh, the, the singular or the harmonious person, right? The singular harmonious. Um, 
and I'm wondering whether Ibn Arabi distinguished between these two or made them the same because I, the, the, the harmonious is, person is harmonious. The dialogue is no longer fighting the internal dialogue. There is harmony. The singular sits in silence. There is no dialogue anymore. Is, is that how it is? Uh, was there something on it? Yeah, I, th I think so. Yeah, the mufrad, the singular. Um, this is this is the, the singular Adam, or it's the normal Muhammad or it's the cosmos. It's the it's the large cosmos, and it's singular because there is no difference inside of it. It is it's the single Ain al Wahda. It's the single entity, and so it it is it has all been brought back together. So it's already on God's side then, because God's side starts out one and then goes into diversity and then is brought back into oneness. So the, the, this one in a sense is, is its one. So Ibn Arabi says you have the one and you have the one and neither one is like the other and neither one is like anything within itself either. And so that's why there is nothing like him, on this side, but also there is nothing like the one that's like him. And the one that's like him is the cosmos, um, and there's nothing like that. And so Ibn Arabi has these poems where he says, we, we did that last week, uh, I, am, I have arrested you in your body, and there's nothing more perfect than you, and you don't know who the you is anymore. Is God saying to, you know, to the human, there's nothing more perfect than you? Yes, he is. But also the human says, oh, there's nothing more perfect than you, looking back at God. So this is the praise of the praise. And, and, since, and then once you reach, and here, Omar, you just put it together beautifully. Once you reach la ilaha illallah, there is nothing but the praise of the praise, because there's nothing else out there that could be different, therefore, you know, you are the one that is most perfect. No, you are the one that's most perfect. There is no God but you. There is no God but you. Therefore, it's the praise of the praise. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, Shuei, would you read this last question on the oh, chat? Yeah. So how does the wav, the U, the W, represent creation? Is it because we're the last creation always living in Saturday? That's one idea. Um, the wav is also six, and so it's three plus three, and everything that comes from, uh, everything that comes out from one comes out as three. So kun is, is K-U-N, and even in the Arabic is kaf, and the noon with the wav hidden. So all things come three. And so three and three is the, is the creation and the creation multiplying or reproducing creations. And so that's the sense that the six is the three plus three, which is the process of creation creating creations. And uh, well, we're, we're, in, we're in Friday, so we're the Friday of, of all. So we're the sixth day, we're Friday. And then the next day after the human is the Saturday and that's the timeless out of time place. And then there's Sunday, the first day and everything starts all over again. So. Good. I'd like to ask then what popped into my mind was then Allah creates in pairs. You say everything that comes into creation comes in threes, as three. Then what about the pair? Where does that come in? Or that comes after the three? Yeah. Well, so the pair is the two threes. The two threes make a pair. 
That's what you say. Oh, the two threes, yeah. Right. And this and and zawaja is to is to put things together as as mates as pairs. And um, we're just right now in the one verse about uh, that Allah makes uh, your children to be males and females or tazawaja dukran wa unatha, and it's this it makes them males and females. But what's very interesting is that all of these. The Quran commentaries uh, see that as that, oh, in someone's family, they can have all males or someone's family can be all females. And Ibn Arabi is just taking straight from Quran, which says that, or there will be some who have married the male and the female. So this is, and then he says, and these are the hunta, these are the intersexed. And so the intersex is the ones who have married the male and female within them. So those who have married the, ma the male and the female within them are these people. And I've been looking, uh, whenever I have some time, at the commentaries. Uh, does anyone see this besides Ibn Arabi? Because this is what the Quran uh, is saying this very directly. And, it's, and, it's, uh, and it's, it would be, it's very difficult to come up with the idea that, oh, that means that a family has lots of boys or a family has lots of girls. And, uh, and no, it's that the boy and the girl or the male and the female have been married inside some people. And so this is the uh, the, the junta, the, the intersex. Um, so these the, the one, two, three brings out and then brings out three and three and these pairs, then this three and three makes six. That's the next, that's the generation of the next ones. And then they make threes and these threes get together and they make threes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm looking at in, on my screen, Yusuf in, in Austria, he's got, he's got the, the window shining on him and he gets this cross up there. So it's like the, the, the reverse of Ash Wednesday cross on the forehead. <laughs> he gets the white, you've got a white shining thing. <laughs> there we go. So we have, so we have, uh, so I've been watching Yusuf with his, the white cross, which is like uh, the opposite of Ash Wednesday and then the, the high holy days. And so this has been quite, and of course our Elahis were especially uh, the tent of Abraham. So <laughs> this has been pretty interesting. Yeah, and that's why, see that's why if I hadn't read that first passage with Ibn Rabbi says, stick with what comes first, I would have tossed it all out and said it doesn't make any sense. So this was a way to force me to see that it makes sense. Yeah, and this and this and back to uh, the way the letters they all they change when they're together. And this is the way we 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 are not single individual. So the word individual means indivisible, as if I'm you know I can't be divided any farther, and here I am. But uh, the other way of looking at humans is that, we, of course, we change as we get closer to other people. So when I come close to you, I'm a little bit different and you're a little bit different. And that's called morphology. And grammar does this all the time. So when you have an N in Arabic and an M in the next word, the N goes to M so that it goes M. So that the two M's can then go together. And that's morphology. So the letters are changing all the time and they bend and they flex. In the same way, uh, genders change all the time with Ibn Arabi. He's always flexing them. He's always giving us one way, and then he gives us another way in order to keep us uh, unsettled. 
And that's why when I opened up the, the book here and I got to confusion and inability, there is an inability to put people into boxes and there is a confusion about where people belong because letters are all different and the sounds that are made are all different. So the way I pronounce the ba once is not the same way I pronounce the ba the second time. So there isn't a right way and there isn't a normal way, the normal curve that and we'd have nothing like that with the Ibarabi. So that's always good. <laughs> okay. And uh, my colleague Nur Asia is, is here from Medan and uh, just a few weeks ago she, she said, she was explaining how the Sharia is the path to the divine because the Sharia is the path to the divine. It's the call and the response that we talked about, I think two weeks ago or last week, call and response. And so do this. And when we do it, then we are responding to the divine. So this is our path. Mm, mm, mm. And when we don't do it, we're responding too. And when, <laughs> when we regret or Everything is call and response, I guess. Okay. And so that's why the, the, when we then realize we've, where we've gone, that's the astaghfirullah, that the astaghfirullah is a covering. And so, and so all of these things that we do that are, that are wrong and go off the, the course, they're like jagged, jagged edges. And these jagged edges, astaghfirullah creates an angel, which then covers that jagged edge from now oh. until the day of judgment. And oh. so astaghfirullah, another angel covering that jagged edge. And then when we get to the bridge, so we talked about uh, bringing into harmony, that is the womb and the grave and the pressure, but also the bridge that goes to the gate of the garden. The moment we die, we wake up and see the bridge. And Ibn Arabi says, and we see immediately that this is the bridge that we created, that we oh. made in our life. And so that bridge will have, if it has jagged edges, we hope that each of these jagged snares and edges will have an angel covering that jagged edge so that our flow will be smooth through that. The way that we want our, our flow through the womb to be smooth, our flow through the grave to be smooth, and our flow through the bridge to be smooth. Mashallah. That's a, I mean, you know, sometimes it seems that it's really not so much about doing Really, but as you say, it's the it's it's the inner state. So we cannot do something maybe that is considered a command, but it's really isn't. I don't know. I mean, but one can also excuse oneself that way. But it seems more like it's that inner state of of in, intense um, dialogue with with God and. Um, how, you know, so one could go on saying astaghfirullah, 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 and not necessarily do the commands. The commands seem to almost take a back seat, right? In terms of the, the, the dialogue or the, the love, right. let's say. Because what's, what's wanted is the, is the dialogue of love or beloved. And so if, if you people did not offend and then ask for forgiveness, and I would turn to you, if you did not offend, I would go to another people who did offend, and then they would offend, and they would turn in repentance, and I would turn to them. So uh, it, it, it makes us realize that the, the goal is not to have X, Y, Z done. The goal is to have the lover and the beloved get their conversation in there. Yes, yes. 
bless you and protect you and and guide you even more and beautifully and surround you with all the lovers of Allah. Shuaib <laughs> Baki comments that in some cultures, spirituality is expressed by sounds, music, but no words. Mm. It feels that the angels transmit Allah anyway. Yeah, yeah. And just, and just last night, uh, Sheikha was talking about how uh, to take the dhikr of, the, of, of different animals and, and their dhikr. And Ibn Abi told us that he tried to uh, learn the salat of the different animals like horses. And so this, this is telling us again that it's, it becomes then the song then of the lover and the beloved. So this conversation uh, may come out in words and it may come out as a song. Um, and, and, and this is the song that is expressed to the babies, it's expressed to a very old person on their deathbed. They, they're not going to hear words and philosophical arguments, but you can give them sounds and, and that sound of love. Um, and that is, that's also the reminder, the first thing that we, we hear, uh, the baby hears, and the last thing that the human, before they go to the grave hears, uh, should be that the, the azan, the bangi, the la ilaha illallah, shadwan la ilaha illallah, shadwan Muhammad Rasulullah, and, and that can be sung then, and so it's heard and sung. And so those are so very far beyond words at that point, yeah. Yes, and then when you and then with grief, there's there's a sound. And Ibn Arabi talks that about the grunt of the camel. When the camel's load is lifted, they, they grunt, and that grunt then becomes this very evocative, you know, evocative. It speaks. It makes voices, <laughs> and that that certainly is the case. Yeah. Okay. Does Ibn Arabi say anything about silence on Earth? Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a whole chapter on one, he says, there is no silence. And there's another chapter that says, all there is is silence. So, and so it gets to be, it gets, so some, uh, S-A-M-T, some, the silence. Um, and so in one sense, everything is silent and it's, and that is because it is the mirror reflecting the divine. So Alhamdulillah is God praising God and the mirror or is silent and, and, and adds nothing to that. It's the, it's the mirror and it's there to be the mirror. So in that sense that there is, there is nothing but silence. And then on the other hand, <laughs> there is nothing but non-silence because everything is spoken to. At every moment, every particle in our body is spoken to kun fayakun, be and it is. So there's nothing but speech in the cosmos. Everything is resounding with the sound of be, and it is, and it becomes. So this, the words are always there, and these words are kun, it's the word be, um, and it can be understood. You can hear it as a word, or you can hear it as something beyond words. Uh, Ibn Arabi will take you, say that the metaphor, what, whatever you hear, it's neither a word nor a non-word but it's a metaphor to use the word, it's a word. And he can take that metaphor so far and he goes into the kaf and the nun and the wav is hidden inside. And when the two are moving together, that's called harakat. And when they stop, 
they are stilled and that's sukun and that's the sword, the consonant. And so ka kun goes to kawana, that is to make become. And then when they're finished, they stop and they make kun, kaun. And the kaun is that which is the existence. So he takes it all the way into there as risque as you like to take it. Um, and so the metaphor can go very, very far. But of course, ultimately, it's neither a word nor a not a word. Okay. Yeah, and he does talk about the, the idea of, of, of self-talk, that nafs talking to itself. And so there is, there is that as well. And then there is all of these sounds that come to us that we then interpret as, as words. And so these are the incoming thoughts. So the incoming thoughts, he says, you know, there is the standard, they're the divine, they're angelic, they're psychological, they're um, satanic. So those are the, the way, the, one way to divide them. But he says, ultimately, they're all angels. And they're angels which are incoming to you. And they come into you, and then you have a voice that you hear. And the only thing, and, and, and so we are all vessels of revelation. But the good news is, and the thank God news is, that no revelation will be given to me that has a law in it. So the law given revelation is over. So whatever voices inside my head, I can't go out and hurt myself and others because they can only be, those voices are true, which are the voices that came to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he gave his law, his sunnah, his way of living. So if I'm following the way of his life, then I can, then I hear the voices and I am a vessel of revelation. And if and and anything else that happens to me that does not is not harmonious with God and His Prophet, then I can say dismiss that as satanic. Then, so this is the Alhamdulillah good news, is that uh, we don't have to be in a situation where we have to evaluate whether something is true revelation or not. We can only say if it has a law inside it, it's not a revelation. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question, Omar? Uh, to, to, to a certain to an extent, yes, yes, it does. Um, I think one question that remains is whether we we should accept that and say it's fine, even if if we have harmony and and we have dialogue, it's fine so long they are in harmony, or whether we should step try to step towards silence. Uh, by silence, I mean try to reach a state where there is no longer a dialogue inside us. And I, and I wondered if he said anything on that. that. That's in a sense, the call and response uh, implies separation. And so when there is no separation, that will be the moment of silence, when there's no other calling out because there's no one out there to call to. And so that then becomes a very special state. Yeah. yeah. And that then becomes this, this bringing into oneness and when brought into oneness and that's also what no eye has seen and no ear has heard because the moment i step back from that and say what did i see what did i hear the answer is i saw nothing i, I hear nothing 
And so, oh, can you go back into the union and tell me what it looks like? Uh, no, because then that won't be in union. And that's why when they, when they say, oh, there's the Sufis going to their, their dhikr session, said, why don't you stop them and ask them to pray for you? And he said, he said, will you remember me during your dhikr? And he said, if I remember you, I won't be in my dhikr. <laughs> I won't be in my remembrance of Allah. So that's how that works. And the Rasya is, is uh, writing from Indonesia about the ruh, the spirit, the breath uh, that's inside of us. What is that ruh which is inside of us? And uh, for us, we just see that as the ruh is the breath which creates uh, the life. It's the breath which creates the sounds. It's the, it's the breath which allows us to communicate with that which is outside. And that communication is mud, where, why we say medet. Mud is this hand reaching out. And so when the ink reaches out from the ink pot and then the sound reaches out from the mouth, this is to, to make that connection so that we can then be connected to the divine. And Ibn Arabi says grammatically, you have something called the idafa, the annexation. So when you say Zaid, child of Amr, child of is the correlation, is the, is, the, is the annexation of the two beings. So as long as we are God's creation, God's slave, Allah's slave, Ar-Rahman's breath, as long as we are the something of the divine, we always are. So we'll never be not there, non-existent, as long as we are Allah's something. <laughs> You, you, you did bring out another question in me because you said, if I remember you, I will not be in the zikr. And that brought out a question on, on this. When I do zikr, I find counting very distracting. I can't do zikr if I count. So I've given up with the count, even, even with a beat. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, is it possible to keep a count? And, or is it per better not to keep a count? Because I find it the only way to completely be observed is to forget about the count. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Well, that's something that has to go to the, to the guides. And I, I asked a similar question. I was saying, I would ask Baki, I said, you know, what, what's this, you know, is it, what if I do like doubles or something or triples and that way I don't have to get my fingers quite so tired? And she said, you know, I've talked to Sheikha, you just do it the right way. <laughs> one, 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 one. <laughs> so. That was my answer, Omar, <laughs> that I got. <laughs> Thank you. Fair enough. <laughs> sure. um, Nora asks, uh, can you say something about that shape that Ibn Arabi saw? Yeah, yeah the, the, the shape that he's, that he's looking at, the, again, has that mechanism. And, that, and it's the only word I could come up with, the idea of mechanism, is that when you recited it, this happened. And then when you did recite it, this other thing happened. It had no end of length, but it had a restricted width. And so it's like, but it's a scroll unfolded. And so it's, that's, it's the same way that I was seeing this, this mechanism of to be made harmonious, to be brought into harmony and to be harmonious as being a pressure and a, and a movement and it moves and it quivers and it shakes and it never ends. And so that's the same way that if he came back into, into waking and said, well, now I need to explain where the end of that poem was. And there was no end of poem because every time he could come back into that vision, the poem would still be unraveling and, un, and, and revealing itself and continuing. 
And so in that sense, it's out of time. The same way the Arabic word then is out of time. It's, it's the perfect tense. It's, it's just, it's all time. And, and it's all time and then no time. And so, uh, and, it, and it's so different than the way we look. So that myself in this world, going back to there, was saying, I, I've got to have some metaphors to bring to explain these things. But when I went back there, it was just, it was so self-evident again, that it, because there was not the, the subject object situation. And so that he sees that shape and then the shape of the hu la hu, the hu la hu, he talks about it quivering. And then when it quivers, suddenly uh, something changes and, he, and it's not changing A, B, C, and it didn't change because of something, it just shivered and then something else happened and then shivered again and something else happened. And so this is the, the process of divine creation, uh, you know, inserting into the seen world that, of, that we uh, are familiar with and that we see, uh, that it shivers and there's something and then there's shivers and there's something else and there's shivers and there's something else. And it's not one place going to another place. And so our perfection is the being brought into harmony, whichever that harmony might be. And so that harmony might be look one way or it might look another way, but bringing into harmony is to bringing into this communication and the, of the lover and the beloved. So the shivering is that there's no one who, there's no one event, there's no one thing that can be embraced and known by us and then it just stops all of it is ever changing ever changing and if it were to repeat then it would no longer be infinite so when you see two numbers that are the same you're not looking at an infinite set so, so uh, baki suggests is not the ruh always present we occupy it for a little while during our life on earth yeah, and this is why Ibn Arabi will not get into uh, the whole philosophy of what is nafs and what is ruh, because the, the ruh is taken out. So the ruh, in one sense, is the breath that, that, that invigorates us, makes us alive, and then makes us speak. And then is, it, is the, it is our means for getting what we need. And from the infant um, all the way to the, the last moment on earth. The breath is the way to get what we need to bring in things. And so that's why we bring in. Um, and then, and, and so the in and out motion then is, this becomes our, our, our reality. But it's not also, not exactly ourself either. And so, so there's one ruh, the nafas rahman and it, and it plays out in all of the different ruhs, the arwah, the breaths that are coming from us. Um, but it's also not, and so it's imprinted with ourself, but it's not ourself because the self also moves on and can be, and we can have a non-ruh based uh, self or experience. And so we'll have these different experiences before time and then after in eternity. So, okay. So, Thank you very much, everyone. It is so wonderful to see all of you.